whoa you went no contact with your family like you don't talk to them at all nope because they're toxic as fuck are you also the villain for walking away from your toxic family in order to preserve your peace welcome to the character outs podcast where i am on a mission to normalize going no contact with toxic family welcome all you terrible people let's talk about it Welcome to the Character Outs Podcast. My name is Terry, and thank you for being here. It is a glorious Friday here in New York. So tomorrow is my sixth wedding anniversary. Don't ask me where the time went. I have absolutely no idea. Um, so yeah, we're going to go away this weekend just for a couple days. So it should be fun. Looking forward to it. In other news, as you can hear... I still have this raspy voice. I mean, it is just hanging on and not letting go. And as much as some of you know, I have this secret wish to not only be a spy, but to be a Broadway performer. I just keep thinking like my understudy would have been just killing it like for the past, what, two months would have been probably, I probably would have been replaced had I been on Broadway. I'm just going to say that because of this rasp. How can I hit the high notes? Whew, okay. Little side note. I hope you guys know I'm totally joking <laughs> as I complain about my failed Broadway career and my understudy. So yeah, I feel like the more you listen to the podcast, you'll get to know me and my sense of humor better. But if this is your first time listening, you're like, okay, what, who the, who the hell is this girl I'm listening to right now? So just needed to let you guys know, totally kidding about uh, my pretend Broadway career. I hope everyone's well out there. I mean, summer is in full swing. I grew up in Florida, so it was just hot constantly. But for me, when this warm weather rolls around, I just want to be outside. Even if I'm getting eaten alive by the mosquitoes, I just want to feel the sun. I just want to be amongst the warmth. So I personally am loving the summer. So, so wherever you are listening from, welcome. And thank you for being here. And I've said it before, this is kind of the annoying thing about podcasting. I'm just sitting here in the corner of my room with my Vishla, looking out the window, looking at these audio waves in front of me, not knowing you guys at all. And that's why I love Instagram because I can get some some feedback. I feel like I can get to know you guys a little more. Um, so if you're not involved in our Instagram community, come over and join us at Character Outs Podcast over on Instagram because um, I feel like I can get to know you guys a little bit. I love hearing that these stories and these podcasts resonate with you. Um, it just it makes me want to continue and to continue to get up and deliver these messages and hear your stories and hear how it's helping you. So it's, it's a blessing to me. So again, I get that on Instagram, but I don't really get it here. Um, and thank you to those of you who have left me five-star reviews on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. It means the world to me. So thank you so much. I'm so happy that you're enjoying the podcast. So today we are going to be talking about Generation Gap. What's Generation Gap, you say? Well, I will read the definition for you. 
Generation Gap, or more commonly, Gen Gap, colloquially known as the Gappers. It is the demographic cohort that encompasses any generation in which the individual has gone no contact with toxic family. This includes Gen X, Gen Z, Millennials, and including, but not limited to, the Boomers. This generation is best known for its in-depth education and understanding about the toxic family system, in particular, both the covert and overt narcissists. As the first generation to be purposefully breaking toxic generational cycles, rewiring and healing their own personal traumas, this generation is the first to stop the line of emotional abuse and provide a healthy model of family to their children. People of this generation have been known to struggle with feelings of inadequacy, loneliness, imposter syndrome, and unusually high standards for themselves, in addition to self-doubt and exhaustion. They are typically empaths. And interestingly, in this generation, there is no narcissistic personality disorder found. Generation Gap is concerned about forging a new, healthy path for themselves and their children. This generation should be highly regarded and applauded for their bravery. Being a member of Gen Gap is not for the faint of heart, but completely attainable with therapy, the realization of abuse, and a healthy support system. Around the world, Gen Gap is forging a new path, spreading awareness and changing societal norms associated with going no contact with toxic family. Source, Terry, Character Outs Podcast. So after hearing the definition of Generation Gap, are you a member? Have you gone no contact with your toxic family? Do you feel feelings of inadequacy, loneliness, imposter syndrome, unusually high standards for yourself, self-doubt, and complete exhaustion? Welcome. I too am a member of Generation Gap. I think I first realized this idea of the standing in the gap, the generation that is gapping the toxic and the healthy generation. I think I first realized that, and I've told this story before, but when I was sitting at my four-year-old's graduation all alone, and listen, we, we made the choice to be alone. We aren't alone because our parents were taken by death. It was our choice to break these toxic generational cycles, to go no contact, a choice I myself will never regret. But back to my four-year-old's graduation, you know, as I sat there and I looked around at my surroundings, it was almost like a bad lifetime movie. And I'm sitting there crying, looking at all the grandparents and realizing I'm in the gap. I don't have my mom, my dad supporting me, sitting next to me at events like these. Not only do I not have that, but my kids don't have it either. I don't, I don't have that lineage. It's been broken. It's been severed. It needed to be severed, but it's, it's broken. So when I look at my life and I look at my lineage, I look at my past and my toxic family and they're just kind of black. You know, I don't have this grand ancestral lineage. I mean, I, but I do. It's such a conundrum in your head. Um, recently, I bought an ancestry, you know, one of those DNA kits because I am still so enamored with my history and my past. And what did my great great grandmother, where did she come from? You know, what was she like? 
maybe an article about her. You know, I'm still so interested because I don't have the closest thing. I don't have that mom. I don't have the dad. You know, generations pass down stories about generations. You know, I don't have anyone telling me about Grandma May. And I, I don't have those stories. They've, they, all the stories, they've stopped. So it, it puts us in a sad and precarious predicament because we're now forced to find this information and get these stories from ghosts. <laughs> I mean, literally, you know, the generation, my grandmother is gone. My grandfather is gone. My great, great grandmother, grandfather, obviously they're gone. And the only people that could explain to me and tell me about my heritage, I'm no contact with. And so it leaves you in this space of, well, who am I? Like, where did I come from? <laughs> you know? And again, I would never go back. The stories aren't worth it. The no contact absolutely needed to happen for my mental health and for the stability of my family. Um, but it's just a real fallout of no contact. So I look at my past, I look at the toxic family that I left behind, and it's just black. But then when I look at my future and I look at my family and I look at my children, it's bright. And I'm realizing that I'm an offshoot almost of the same tree, but it's taking a different path. And it's that gap. We are that generation standing in the gap, making the changes. You know, we aren't completely healed yet. We're still healing and we're trying to create this new healthy generation for our children or even just for ourselves. We are that in-between generation, between the generation that perpetuated the toxic generational cycles and total healing of the generations. And what we are right now is just kind of in the middle, figuring out what the fuck to do half the time, because we can't lean upon our moms or our dads and be like, hey, am I doing this right? <laughs> because they're not around. We're that in-between generation that's the generation that is fixing and repairing and healing all of the toxic shit that was done to us and teaching our children how to properly communicate, how to be healthy mentally, how to set boundaries, showing them what a healthy family looks like. Not a perfect family, but a healthy one that doesn't have any manipulation, control, or emotional abuse. You know, we're completely rewiring the future while putting a stop to the past. So let's talk about some of the emotions that I know I have felt being in this gap. Number one, inadequacy. So many times I have gone to bed at night and just been wide awake and so fearful of, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, did I just do what was done to me? Did I just behave like my mom? Should I have handled that the right way with my kids? And I'm just up and replaying everything in my head. And my husband's always so sweet. And he was like, 
the fact that you're awake right now, the fact that you're worried about that right now, you're, you're doing a great job. My toxic mother thinks she's perfect. There was no self-reflection. There was no, ooh, should I have said that? Ooh, should I have handled that differently? So that always brings me peace too. Like the fact that I struggle with inadequacy, it is a completely unhealthy trait. But listen, it's there. So we may as well use it for our benefit. And we may as well take those feelings of inadequacy and turn them into an empowering situation. Yeah, oftentimes I struggle with feeling inadequate and not enough. But guess what? I'm doing the best I can. And these feelings of inadequacy come from a place where I know I'm changing. I know I'm changing for the better as a mom. And I know that I'm changing the course for my children, that my kids are not going to go through what I went through. And even though it is a fleeting emotion, but I struggle with it. It pops up every now and then when I'm faced with a disciplinary situation at home with one of my kids or a relationship situation or a situation with my husband where I question myself and I feel inadequate. I feel like I, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing because first of all, the only relationship and person that I was ever really taught to take care of was my mother. So I've had to teach myself how to be a good friend. I've had to teach myself how to be a good mom, how to be a good wife. I had zero example of that. And so because I didn't have an example, because I don't have anyone patting me on the back and saying, hey, you're doing it. Good job. Feelings of inadequacy pop up. The second emotion that I struggle with being a member of Generation Gap is loneliness. You know, my life, and I'm sure for many of you out there who are no contact with your toxic families, our lives don't look like the Joneses. They don't look like your friends from college. We don't have the grandparents at the celebrations. Our daily lives don't look the same. You know, I talk to my best friends and there's conversation about their moms constantly. You know, oh, hey, hold on, I got to go text my mom back or hey, I'm visiting my mom. Even normal, mundane, completely innocuous comments about their moms or their dads. That doesn't exist for us. And, you know, it, it doesn't hang me as much but it's still there. It's still all of a sudden when I'm not thinking about it in the dark, a little flashlight. He, oh yeah. You have a mom. Wait, you have, we have a normal mom. Wait, you have a healthy mom that like loves you and supports you. Wait, what, what, what's that like? You know? So those feelings of loneliness, just like inadequacy can creep up and it's weird. And you know, even down to how we're raising our children, you know, there's no respect for your elders, right? You know, there's no stories that are being passed down from our grandparents to our children. Sometimes I just like want to go to a nursing home and like bring my kids to a nursing home and have my kids realize 
what a beautiful thing it is to be around the older generation, you know, to teach them to ask questions of the older and wise people who have been through life and have lessons to share. Um, and we don't have that, you know? There's also no stories being told about us. There's no childhood stories about our kids. And recently I realized, you know, there's, there's no medical knowledge either. You know, when I sit down at a new doctor and I'm checking off, you know, I've been in no contact with my father for four years and my mother for three years. I don't know their medical status. So I, I went to a new doctor and, you know, I'm checking off what I know, but maybe my mom has cancer now. Maybe my dad has cancer now. Like maybe they struggled with something in between during the no contact phase that I don't know about. And I don't have that information to supply to a doctor. It's, it's a weird feeling. Again, makes you feel like lonely. Like here I am. What the hell? Or even like, I'm just going to speak freely. I apologize for you guys out there who are listening, but you know, I'm 47. So I know I'm on the cusp of either perimenopause or, merop- or menopause. Right. And I'm thinking in my head, trying to remember when my mother went through menopause and what it was like for her. And I think I remember her saying like one day her period just stopped. I think, I don't know. She probably told me that when I was like 14 and the information was like completely irrelevant, but I don't have that information. I can't call my mom and be like, Hey mom, tell me about your menopause journey. (laughs) I can't do that nor do I want to, but you know, I don't have that knowledge. I'm kind of in this blank space. Like, well, I guess I'll just wait and see and figure it out. It is what it is. You know, there's lots of moments of it is what it is. Right. And those moments of it is what it is usually stem from a place of loneliness. My son recently went to a graduation party and, you know, I was getting the details from him and he's like, oh, you know, it's at, you know, so-and-so's grandparents' house. And I was like, oh, that's so nice, you know? And I felt bad for him. Like he's going to another family's house. He's seeing the grandparents and he doesn't have that, you know? So it made me sad. And my husband, of course, said to me, he was like, listen, you are breaking toxic generational cycles. Your kids will never know what it's like. You're doing great. Keep going. And I hope you have someone like that in your life. I hope you have someone who is telling you that you're not crazy, is telling you that you're not the villain, is telling you that you're doing the right thing and telling you to keep walking, who has witnessed the emotional abuse and trauma. And even if they haven't, just believes you, believes your toxic childhood, believes your traumatic childhood. I just, I hope and pray that you have that person in your life because it's it's important on this no contact journey to have that. So let's talk about imposter syndrome. And you hear this phrase a lot or this term a lot as it pertains to business and typically the businessman who has imposter syndrome. But I felt like it was applicable to me. Like I struggle with imposter syndrome. So here's the definition. According to Google, um, imposter syndrome is the condition of feeling anxious and not experiencing success internally despite being high performing in external objective ways. This condition often results in people feeling like a fraud or a phony and doubting their abilities. 
I feel like I struggle with this like all the time. No matter how hard I work, it's not enough. I can't allow myself to sit down. I have to constantly be going. Is it good enough? Did, did I give my best? Are the people happy? You know, those feelings of doing the best that you can do and still doubting yourself. I will never forget. I had a therapist. He was fantastic. And I just nonchalantly mentioned to him how, yeah, you know, every night before I go to bed, I kind of do a checklist in my head. And according to if I worked hard enough, if everyone in my life was happy, if I didn't make anybody mad, then I would give myself an A. And, you know, if I messed up in any area of my life, then, you know, I would grade myself accordingly, a C, an F, and then that would affect my self-esteem. And that's just how it was. And he looked at me, he goes, why do you do that? And I looked back and I'm like, I don't know. And I'm like, honestly, I didn't even realize I did it until just this very second. But like, I, I didn't know why I did that. But I definitely, before I went to sleep at night, would grade myself. And usually it was like, C minus. Like I can't ever remember going to sleep and being like, yeah, A plus today. You know, it was very rare. So I also feel like this imposter syndrome is, I feel like it's kind of riddled through my relationship with my husband, my relationship with my children, how I'm raising them, my relationship with my friends. I think it stems from all of the toxic shit that we were told as kids I think we still need to work through all of that and rewire our brains and rewire the voices and stop playing those terrible things that were told to us as kids. But I think we we got to this place of imposter syndrome because of our traumatic childhood. But as we are now standing in the gap and as we are changing the course we have no one, we have no one older than us. I, I say this all the time. I say this to my friends, you know, when I'm feeling low at my lowest, and I say this to my husband, I just wish I had someone older than me to talk to, to cry to. Sometimes I just want to vent and then I'll be okay. Just someone older than me who says, keep going, you're doing a great job. You know, we don't have that. And I feel like that's so significant because I don't know about you, but for me, I don't find my confidence and my self-esteem from external things. You know, I don't look for it from friends. I don't look for it anywhere. I, I, I think maybe that is a, a fallout of having to depend on yourself. And maybe that is a fallout of a traumatic childhood but I don't seek the approval of others. I don't give a fuck what anyone thinks of me. That's, that's everyone on, on the same level as me. Does that make sense? But when I'm really struggling with something and I really just want to cry or vent, what do I want to do? I just want to call someone older than me who can tell me it's going to be okay. A parent-like figure. And it's so fucking hard, you know? It's so hard. I have beautiful older people in my life. And I'm friends with some of my friends' moms. But you know, I mean, they have their daughters to take care of. And I don't want to be a burden. And then I don't want it to be weird where I'm calling their mom all the time. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, 
again, you're back to this place of you just want someone to say, someone older to say, keep going, you're doing a good job. So the imposter syndrome can sneak up and all of a sudden we're wrapped back to feelings of inadequacy, feelings of loneliness, feeling of we're not doing enough. And I think that that, again, all stems back to what we were told as kids. And it's part of the rewiring. You know, we're standing in this gap again. So our children never feel inadequate. They never feel like they are not worthy that they don't have this anxiety from the imposter syndrome, that they stand in whatever they do with confidence because they're not battling toxic things that were said to them. Finally, finally, let's talk about exhaustion, okay? I'm a stay-at-home mom and I'm exhausted. And I can't imagine you those of you out there who work outside the home and then you come home to your babies and you have so many things on your plate, it's exhausting. And it's exhausting for us who are no contact with toxic family because we, we don't have a village. <laughs> there is no village. We are alone with our families. We have our own little tent. We have our own you know, tribe. And, you know, we have people and friends who help. Uh, but we don't have that grandma that we can call. You know, my husband and I are going away this weekend. Where does it fall? It falls on my oldest daughter to take care of my four-year-old. And I hate that. And she's beautiful and amazing and she loves it. And And I know that everything works out for the best. And he loves her and there's a beautiful dynamic and it's not a burden to her, but it's just not fair. You know, it's, it's exhausting that we can't say, Hey mom, can you come over and just sit with the kids? So Scott and I can just go walk around the mall or walk around the park and be by ourselves, or we can just have a minute, you know, it's exhausting it is physically exhausting because we have to do everything by ourselves. You know, there's no mom that knocks on the door and just sits and he's like, hey, hey, babe, you know, what can I do? Can I throw in some laundry for you? Do you need anything at the store? We have zero help. And it's, emo it's, it's physically exhausting and it's an emotionally and mentally exhausting because again, back to everything that I said from the beginning of this podcast, we don't have anyone to lean on. So not only do we not have anyone to lean on, we physically don't get a break. Like it's just us and it's exhausting. It's exhausting standing in this gap. And listen, it can also be utterly exhausting even explaining to people why we're no contact. You know, that's exhausting. That is exhausting. We don't feel like talking about it. Or how about explaining the triggering emotions that we have. So there was an incident. I was around my father-in-law and God bless my father-in-law. He is a wonderful man. He had just lost his wife and we were all at a bat mitzvah in the city. And he was exhibiting behaviors that were triggering to me. 
And what did I do? I I ran (laughs) like three blocks and I sat three blocks away from them in Brooklyn. So I didn't have to be around it. I, I couldn't be around it. That triggering emotion was too much for me. I couldn't, I couldn't be around it. It was, it was tense. It was making me feel responsible. It was bringing me back to being around toxicity. And as you know, the further away you are from toxicity, when you're around it, oof, you, you feel it extra, extra hard. So it got to a point where I had to take a break from even being around him. And he finally said, Hey, why doesn't Terry come around anymore? And my husband had to say, listen, she's been through some shit with her family. She needed a break. While you didn't do it on purpose, you were just going through your emotions. It hit Terry differently. It hit differently and she needed to remove herself for a season. You know, and and even down to, you know, my husband and I, my husband comes from, you know, not a perfect family, but a healthy family. His mother was not a narcissist. His father and his brother, his mother passed away when he was in his 20s, but his father and his brother they are there for him. If Scott called him, them at 3 a.m., they would be there. I can't say the same. So when we have these conversations, he hits me with a perception from his healthy family. Does that make sense? And I have to say to him, oh, bless your heart. You're responding in a way in which is indicative of you coming from a healthy family. I didn't come from a healthy family. So again, explaining to him, it was exhausting at the beginning. He gets it now. (laughs) He's been around long enough where he gets it. But at the beginning, just having to explain, listen, you have no idea what I've been through. You have no idea. Like you're responding with your picture of your healthy family. That's what you know. That was not my reality. So that's exhausting. So overall, there's so many exhausting aspects to standing in the gap and being a member of this Generation Gap. So my dear members of Generation Gap, the generation that no one is really talking about, recognizing, and oftentimes is scorning in society, um, and we're often misunderstood. But we're here. We're standing in this gap. And I want you to know that you're not alone, that you are amongst brave and strong individuals who, like you, are standing in this gap, not only for ourselves, but for our children so that they never know the pain that we know. And it is a difficult place to stand. It's not for the faint of heart, but there's no other option. So here we will stand. Here we will figure it out, taking one day at a time. And we will go down in history as being the successful generation to break this toxic generational cycle. So fellow Gen Gappers, I'm proud of you and keep walking. Cheers till next time, friend.